Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, today I'm going to talk about a couple different things. Uh, first off, I want to talk about this EBO scientist that's been all the rage on Reddit for the past few days. Uh, basically someone who claims to have uh, worked on secret project to study aliens that have been recovered from crash sites. Uh, is it true or is it false? Uh, that, and I also want to talk about some comments that were recently made by Ross Coltart with regard to a gigantic UFO that uh, was so big that uh, a building was built on top of it to hide it. Uh, so anyway, that's what we're going to get into here. I guess first off, I want to get into this uh, this post from Reddit, which has a lot of people have been talking about and basically has uh, UFO Reddit has been going crazy for the past few days with regard to it. And uh, is it real? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, anyway, here's the post. Uh, we're looking at it right here. Um, this was made by somebody, a completely anonymous person. Uh, this person seems like they, they know what they're talking about when it comes to uh, genetics and biology. Uh, it seems like someone who has been schooled in, uh, the medical profession. Uh, I, I, there have been now, since this, this has been, since this post was made four days ago, uh, there have been numerous people who have commented on other PhDs. Some say it sounds, this sounds, this guy sounds legitimate, Others say, no, there's a lot of red flags here and you shouldn't believe it. Uh, some people say, well, no, well, maybe we should, uh, uh, we really don't know what the truth is. Uh, and I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag right now. I think I've already said this in my, yeah, I know I didn't have my previous podcast. I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether this is real or if it's a hoax. If it's a hoax, it's a well-thought-out hoax. It's a well-organized hoax. It's something that took a long time for a person or persons to put together. Uh, this is somebody who knows how to write very well. Uh, it's somebody who definitely has some some great knowledge with with regard to genetics and biology. There's no question about that. Uh, but is what he's saying true? Um, I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, we just don't know. He's talking about where he worked at. He said it's at the, uh, the Bastille National Biodefense Institute, so that he actually names the, the location where uh, apparently this all went down, if, if in fact it is true. I find this very compelling, this whole thing, and it, it sounds like it could be true. I mean, uh, for a lot of us, I guess the issue is is that we know that there's something here, and we know that there's a government cover-up, but uh, over the years, there have been certain kind of leaks where people are divided on them. Like, for instance, uh, and I'm going to talk about this a little later, is uh, actually uh, the Majestic 12 documents, the original uh, uh, leaks, not not the ones that came later on, but the original leaked documents from the early 80s and then uh, the discovery during the 80s of another document uh, in the National Archives uh, that, that talked about MJ-12, that mentioned the, the existence of MJ-12. And then there was also uh, the... Uh, the operations manual, the special operations manual on how to retrieve and recover uh, extraterrestrial craft that was leaked to a UFO investigator in the early 90s. I, I always thought that that stuff was true. In fact, uh, there have been numerous uh, people uh, who investigated this over the years, including the uh, late Stanton Friedman and also uh, father and son team, Robert and Ryan Wood. Uh, they actually wrote a book on this and studied the, the actual, the special operations manual aspect of it in particular. Uh, and they believed it was real. Uh, I believe that the Majestic 12 documents, at least those early ones that were leaked, had to, I, I believe that they were real. I, I could be proved, I'm proven wrong at some point, right? But I think that they are, that they were real uh, because uh, I, I just don't know how anybody could have, uh, it, it would have taken too much work uh, it, it, to try to, 
to uh, to hoax this because they were so detailed and there was so much information in there uh, in those documents that uh, unless you were very close to, uh, to to the government and had access to all these a lot of different documents, other documents and, and dates where, where people might have been at, like where where a president might have been, for instance, on a certain date, that, or meetings that had taken place in the in the past. That there was just so many different aspects to it that make it s- seem so difficult to 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 hoax it that it's that that that's why I believe it has to be real, but. I could be wrong. I but I but the UFO community is divided on on the Majestic Twelve documents uh, still to this day. Nobody. There, there's some people say, "Oh no, they're, they're definitely fake," and there's some people say, "No, I think that they're real." Uh, I do think that there's a good chance that the Majestic Twelve documents are real. I believe that they are real. Could it turn out that I'm wrong at some point? Maybe, but uh, we'll see. But the point is, is that I actually think that the Majestic Twelve documents have more of a chance of being real than this than this 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 uh, Reddit post that we're looking at right right now. Uh, for one thing, and I'll point out why, because at least with the with the MJ Twelve documents, right? You know, basically, what what that just so so uh, for people out there who don't know what I'm talking about, the MJ Twelve documents in the early 1980s, there was a UFO investigator. Uh, who received in the mail a roll of film, and on that film was a briefing document. was You could was basically documentations uh, that showed that there was this briefing document prepared in 1952 for President, in, new incoming President Dwight Eisenhower, uh, and, it, and it talked about uh, the Roswell crash, uh, among other things. It talked about that there are extraterrestrials that they identify two different types of uh, extraterrestrials, uh, and. Uh, it was actually what they referred to, to referred to them in that document was EBEs, extraterrestrial biological entities, uh, and that in 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 1947, after Roswell, some months after Roswell, that this majestic 12 was uh, established that had comprised 12 different people, 12 12 members uh, on this board that controlled this uh, board, that controlled majestic 12, and basically what it did was oversee uh, the and cover up the this extraterrestrial phenomenon study it privately secretly and keep it covered up from the public and then in uh in the early 1990s another ufo uh, researcher don berliner uh, had received another he received the role of film and it was basically this thing called the special operations man manual and that, that was uh uh here it's listed in the uh, stanton freeman actually wrote a book about all this called uh, top secret magic and uh that that uh, secret operations manual was with regard to uh, uh, what to do with extraterrestrial entities and technology recovery and disposal, uh, and basically I, I, for someone to put something like this together, if you were to see, look at this uh, special operations manual, this was th- if these things were hoax, they were not easy hoaxes to accomplish. Right. I mean, it would have taken time. You would have had some sort of knowledge on how these special op- other, other operations man- manuals with, within government are, are, are created and made. I mean, this thing jibes with everything else that's out there. Uh, so that's why I think that the Majestic 12 documents, at least some of the early ones that were leaked, were real. There were some that came later on that we, we really don't know. It seems like some of them were faked. Uh who knows? But uh, with those, re- with regard to those early ones, it was either. But if it was a hoax, here's the, here's the point. If they were hoax, they had to be done by somebody on the inside. Somebody on the inside with with great knowledge of of how documentation is prepared within governments. Somebody who knows a lot of different dates of, of when people met in, in the long past, like thirty years earlier. 
they would have had to have a great knowledge of all these things and, and or access to documentation to come up with these things. It just seems when uh, it's hard for to, to try to explain it in a podcast or there's been documentaries that covered this. Uh, you could read stuff about it on the Internet, but I think the only way for anyone to really understand Majestic 12 is actually to read about it. And actually, you could start with Top Secret Magic by Stanton Friedman, which I think is a great book and he was somebody he, he believed in these documents he think he, he believed that they were real but the problem with this here uh is that all, all we have is we have one anonymous source posting on on uh on reddit and we it could be somebody who has a great knowledge of of biology and genetics and also is very interested in the flying saucer ufo subject i mean th that's something that could be right and if this person also has a great imagination, they could put something like this together and nobody will it would be hard to, to determine by anyone whether it's real or false. Then again, it could be actually be real. We just don't know. I mean, without this person stating who, who what their name is, I mean, just by remaining completely anonymous, that doesn't help. That doesn't help. I mean, whoever put this together could have been. And here's another thing. It could have been multiple people. It could have been somebody who has a great knowledge of genetics and, and biology and also it could be somebody who's very uh, who could write very well that's that's another thing to look at but anyway what this is is basically this person this is what he wrote I'll, I'll go through some of this and we'll we'll talk about it here it says uh he he says uh early on it says here from the late 2000s to the mid 2010s i worked as a molecular biologist for a national security contractor in a program to study exobiospheric organisms or ebo uh, the aim of the program was to elucidate the genome and proteome basis of these organisms. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to leave the link here for you guys. But he says here, uh, I'm going to go through some of the aspects that he talks about here. He says, the reason for disclosing these secrets is quite simple. I believe that every human being has the right to know the truth and that to progress, humanity needs to divest itself of certain institutions and organizations that will probably not survive these revelations in the long term. I'm aware that I'll have have very little impact in this regard, but I still believe that small leaks are necessary to break the dam of misinformation on this subject. When the governments will eventually reveal these secrets, there will undoubtedly be a societal upheaval, but in my opinion, the longer we wait, the worse it will be. I choose to divulge what I know anonymously out of selfishness for the well-being of myself and my family. I'm aware that this diminishes the reach and credibility of my message, but it's the furthest I am willing to go. I chose this form because it offers a good compromise between anonymity and popularity. In order to protect my anonymity, I will be purposely vague or even contradictory about any information that could identify me, date, education, role, etc. I'll even introduce red herrings in this respect. I want to make it clear that any information related to this subject of the research will not be treated in this way. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So uh, <laughs> it's it's an incredible. Uh, he's talking about the laboratory. So it was located in Fort Detrick, Maryland. That's what he's talking about. That Bastille uh, uh, Center. Uh, where he mentions that later on at the end of this post. But basically, uh, what's compelling about this? What makes it possible is, I mean, okay, you have to let's 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 look at a situation here. Now, say say this guy came out. And just said his name, said who he was, and, and showed the proof of where he worked and when he was there, and every and all, all of that stuff. Blah blah blah. And then he talked about what he uh, saw there. I mean, for one thing, he's going to get attacked by a lot of different people uh, online. I mean, you're going to get debunkers going to say you're a liar. Blah blah blah. You can't prove it. Blah blah blah. The, his family will be getting phone calls like crazy. So you could understand why somebody in this position might want to post something like this anonymously. Uh, and that's understandable. I mean, there's a lot of people who don't want to talk actually to me. I mean, there's, I, I talk to certain people I talk to who, who uh, provide me information anonymously, right? They provide me information like that and they don't want to, they don't want their names out. And uh, so it's understandable, but at the same respect, by doing this, by doing this, it just, you know, you, you, it, it doesn't, it sounds compelling. It sounds like it could be real, but at the same, in the same respect, uh, and actually, some of it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense. It ties up some some loose ends in a way, I think. Uh, but it could be done by anybody without without. Uh, so it could have been made by somebody just dreaming it up. I mean, basically. So that's my issue with it. At this, it could be real. It could be false, and that's the whole issue with it. Is it compelling? Most certainly. Uh, is some of it true? Even if say this guy just made some of this up. I mean, some of it is true. They, I'm certain that the United that the government has in its possession. Uh, bodies of extraterrestrials. I, I've done enough research to know that they've recovered some bodies. There's too many witnesses over the years, too many different things that have happened. Uh, so they definitely have bodies. But uh, is this one of the re one of the people, one of the actual people who actually saw one of those bodies and examined them? Is it we or, or at least the documentation with concern concerning these these bodies? Uh, but anyway, here he gets into what uh, he talks about genetics. He talks about a lot of stuff, but then he gets into uh, the the what these beings were like i mean what what he could tell you about them okay that he says they're the gross anatomy this is the part that's uh most interesting to me about all of this again there's a lot more to this post and if you haven't read it of course i'm going to leave the, the link on here so you could read it so if you haven't read it get it read it so you so you could read it but anyway it's very interesting it says your gross anatomy it says they are morphologically very similar to the gray aliens that are part of modern folklore. The height is about 150 centimeters. They have two arms, two legs, and a head. Still, there are some notable differences. He says this regarding the skin. The gray skin that is often described in folklore is, in fact, a biosynthetic film, which likely serves to protect the EBO from a hostile environment. It doesn't provide effective protection against temperature changes, but it does offer adequate protection against the passage of liquids 
liquids. It's possible that this film confers other advantages, but my knowledge on the subject is limited. Under the gray film, the epidermis is rather white and the texture is very regular and without any hair. We do not see any defect other than the folds near the joints. It's described as greasy in one report, but that's not something I've observed. The same report states that a strong lingering smell of burnt hair and ammonia is present when the film is removed. There are a lot of pores on the skin crossing from the epidermis to a gland in the hypodermis. These glands are, are and pores are the terminal part of the excretory uh, pseudofurous system, which could explain the previously mentioned smell. So speaking of the smell, so isn't that interesting? I mean... Uh, you don't really hear a lot about that, but in that case, in that uh, Varjina case from 1996, which a documentary film was made on uh, about called Moment of Contact from James Fox, witnesses there had described a strong ammonia scent. So, again, uh, what's interesting here is that this guy's describing it, but again, you know, see the problem here is that he could have saw this documentary and then he could have incorporated that into his description. But then again, maybe he's describing a real deal, and this is what, and, and and this is just further corroboration of what happened in Virginia. See, that's I mean, there's two different ways of looking at that, at this whole thing, and that's that's the tough part here, is right? Okay, he talks about the head. He says the head contains two large, oversized eyes, two nostrils without protuberance, a narrow mouth without lips, and two ear canals without auricles. Uh, there is a mandible, but the musculature is vestigial. There are no teeth or tongue in the oral cavity. The na nasal cavity where the nostrils meet is compact and does not rise cranially, uh, cranially but extends axially. Uh, there appears to be no equivalent to the olfactory bulb in the nasal cavity. The mouth leads directly to the esophagus and the nasal cavity to the trachea. The trachea and esophagus do not communicate. So the head basically matches with what the kind of heads we've been, people have been uh, reporting all these years. Uh, so that's, that's no surprise. I uh, talks about the eyes. It says, like the skin, the eyes are covered with a semi-transparent biosynthetic film that offers the same environmental protection while providing protection against certain wavelengths and light intensity. Okay, let me stop here now. He's talking about this uh, semi-transparent biosynthetic film over the eye that offers protection. Now, to me, this was a little bit of a red flag because the only time I've ever seen this, right, was in a hoax. And that hoax was that uh, footage of the alien autopsy from 1996. They looked like they were taking these things out of the alien's eyes that were like, uh, that covered the eyeballs and then you could see eyes inside, but but it made their eyes look black before you take took them out. So this part here was to me, that what the description of the eye sends up a red flag for me, okay? Because the only time I've ever really seen this mentioned really, uh, uh, it, or actually depicted, actually. The only time I've ever seen it depicted was in that phony movie from 1996 that we've talked about, uh, where uh, this Ray Santilli made, had this movie made. It was basically a hoax that showed an alleged alien autopsy of a, of a being found at Roswell. And then 13 years later, he finally told the truth and said it was a hoax. But in that film, of course, we remember uh, they took, there was uh, some somebody taking out that little, there was some sort of a film it took it took out of the aliens' eyeballs, and here uh, I've never. That's the only time I've ever seen that depicted. It's rarely mentioned in any kind of books or anything that I've read. Uh, so um, that to me seems like a little bit uh, red flaggish to me. 
Anyway, it says, when the film is removed, the more traditional eye is revealed, just like in that movie, just like in that phony documentary. It's about three times larger than a human eye, and there are no eyelids. The size of their eyes suggests they have excellent night vision. It seems paradoxical paradoxical to cover them with a semi-opaque film. Perhaps they only need to wear it in a bright environment. Their sclera is the same color as their skin. The iris is pale gray, and the pupil is black and oversized. The lens is rounder than a human, and the musculature used to adjust focus is more developed. On the retina, there are at least six types of cone cells. The responsiveness of each of these six types of cone is specific to a wavelength band with a minimum of overlap between each other. The result is a broader visible spectrum. So when you read the rest of the description of the eye, right, even though I had a red flag early on, but as you read the rest of it, see, it sounds like it's getting in, in, into more, it sounds more realistic, doesn't it? It sounds like somebody who knows what they're talking about and somebody who wonder. Uh, it's it's again it's very hard to ascertain what whether this is real or it's not so we're not going to i mean some people could go away believing oh, i think it's real and some people could go away believing oh no i think it's fake but guess what nobody's going to know the absolute truth other than this guy who here who's writing this okay and he talks about the ear as mentioned the outer ear has no auricle and the ear canal is unremarkable the inner ear has all the characteristics of a typical vestibule vestibular and a cochlear system. Although the curvature of the cochlea is more pronounced than a human, this probably results in a greater hearing acuity for low frequencies. And then the discussion of the brain, which is very interesting. You don't really usually hear discussion of alien brains. <clears throat> it says here, the brain is tetrapheric, i.e. composed of four major sections. The sections are separated by traverse and longitudinal fissures and are connected to the central lobe which acts as brainstem and cerebellum. The volume of the brain is around 20% superior to that of a man of the same height. It has a much more pronounced level of gy gyrication than an average human. Moreover, the ratio of glial shell cells to neurons is also slightly higher than in humans. It is important to mention the presence of nodules on the central lobe. Histological analysis of these structures reveals a kind of intricate biological circuitry. It is speculated that these nodules are essential to interact with their technology. Consequently, determining the proteome of these structures is an absolute priority of, for the program. See, again, uh, it sounds great, doesn't it? It sounds like this is written by somebody who knows what they're talking about, and maybe they do. Maybe this person actually does know what, they're, what, what he or she's talking about. The neck is proportionately longer than that of a human and at the same time relatively thin. As mentioned, the esophagus and trachea are separate. There are no vocal cords in this region. Uh, the abdomen is wider than the thorax and bulges slightly forward. There is no navel. The pelvic bones are apparent. There are no genitals or anus, which is very interesting. So there's no genitals or anus on this on these things, according to this person. And apparently, when you read further, uh, they excrete things through their skin, through their pores. Very interesting. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hands and feet. It says their hands have four digits, including an opposable thumb on the medial side. 
They have no nails, and the texture of their fingerprints is composed of concentric circles. Now, I've heard this before. This is definitely something I've heard before. Actually, uh, the Roswell aliens were described thus thusly. Fingers are proportionately much longer than in humans. Unlike humans, finger musculature is entirely intrinsic to the hand. In other words, words, the muscles used to move the fingers are not in the forearms, but entirely located in the hands. At first glance, the feet consist of just two digits, but a necropsy soon determined that each toe was made of two fused digits. The medial toe is marginally longer than the di uh, distal toe. The feet are relatively longer and narrow than in a human. The, their musculature, however, is vesti vestigial. It says the, and the exoskeleton is very similar to ours, at least in terms of composition. Um, we're just going to move on here to the biological system. He talks about the respiratory system. Uh, it's, uh, it's their cellular respiration is equivalent to ours, uh, that they need ox to oxidize organic components to produce energy. Their lungs have no reciprocating action, but rather have an unidirectional flow of air similar to those seen in birds, which is much more efficient than ours. It is speculated that this is, is in, re in response to the brain's elevated metabolic needs. Vocalization is produced by vibration of the wall membrane at the junction between the two air sacs. So it's, they breathe differently. Basically, it's just, I guess as they move, it's just going in just like a bird. We're going to move on here to the excreto pseudophorus system. This system is completely different from what I've seen. As mentioned earlier, there is no large orifice like an anus or urethra to get rid of biological waste. Instead, there are countless small pores on the surface of the skin. There's a large medial organ called the hepatorenal organ, which acts as both kidney and liver and is central to maintaining homeostasis. The organ is highly vascularized and the blood must pass through it before returning to the heart. Its role, among other things, to purify the blood of metabolic waste. Waste is excreted into the equivalent of a ureter, which branches out into four. Each branch flows towards one of the four limbs and in turn, these branches divide until they end up as thousands of extra excretory pores. So basically, they're, they're, they excrete through their pores and on their on their skin. Uh, I'm going to move forward here to the digestive system. I can't read all of this because it's just too much. It says here, digestive system is extremely underdeveloped. There's no there. The, he actually makes a mistake here. This is one of the few writing errors in here. It says, there's no, there is no. Okay, basically, it should have been, there is no stomach in the familiar sense. However... There is a pseudo-stomach located at the transition between thoracic and abdominal cavities. This organ is not involved in digestion, but on only serves as a reservoir. A sphincter controls the flow of food into the intestine. The intestine is limited to the equivalent of our small intestine, i.e. it only serves to absorb liquids and nutrients and acts as the main digestion site. This is something, if you're if you're a PhD, you can understand a lot of this stuff, but uh, most of us aren't... Uh, uh, well read on the on these kind of things so i would highly recommend you check it out for yourself however uh there are some things that are interesting here. what i found most interesting about this whole little piece was something early on that he talks about where he says what's particularly striking about this ebo genome is the uniformity of these intergenic regions we see the same sequences repeated everywhere and the distances in bp between the genes is virtually the same throughout their genome the result is a minimalist highly condensed genome. In fact, it's much smaller than ours. Moreover, the quantity of protein coding genes is even significantly lower than ours, probably due to genetic refinement, but also to biological processes 
that are absent in EBO. The uniformity of these sequences is a major indication of the artificiality of these beings. There is no complex organism on Earth that has such elegance in its sequences. There is no evolutionary pressure that can lead to this kind of characteristic other than genetic engineering. So basically... They are basically, he basically states here that these things are apparently genetically engineered. So these gray beings that he uh, was read in on, that he read documentation on, are basically gene were genetically engineered. A lot of us suspect that, just like uh, some scientists out there, like uh, Gary Nolan uh, talks about this. Uh, he, from uh, Stanford said that he thinks that they could be biological robots. Well, that's exactly what this guy is describing here in this uh, in this. Uh, uh, reddit uh, post however again a lot of the stuff that he talks about it's already out there so if you have a mentality if you have if if you were scientifically minded enough and you're creative enough you could, could somebody could possibly come up with something like this again without the absolute proof to go along with this it's it, to me the majestic 12 documents are are are, are better i mean that, to me the majestic 12 documents offer more because in those things that there, there were aspects to the majestic 12 documents that uh you had to be an insider to, to know about these things i mean if for instance if the majestic 12 documents uh were a hoax right then it had to be hoaxed by somebody from the at least from the inside there's no question about it they they just knew too many things that regular people on the outside would just not have known uh, so I don't think it is a hoax, the Majestic 12 documents, the early ones, again, like I talked about earlier. But uh, again, it, it, it's to me that that's actually better than this, because here we only have one person re, uh, talking about this on Reddit, but but using presenting a, a, what sounds reasonable, right? Sounds realistic, like a realistic description of the, the gen genetic makeup of these alien beings, right? Sounds reasonable, but it could have been based on the folklore, right? On the stuff, the history, the, the, the reports, everything that's already out there. And he could, that, that person could have taken that stuff and uh, the, what's already out there, mixed it in with his knowledge of biology and genetics and voila, that could be the case. Now, I don't know why anybody would want to do something like this and waste a lot of time to come up with a hoax like this. I mean, maybe there's some people out there who are highly intelligent who just get their kicks from doing something like this. Now, some people might say, well, maybe it's some uh, uh, government psyop. Well, why? Why? I mean, if, if, if there's a good faction of the government, uh, the secret control group, which is still fighting to keep this information from the public, why would they do a psyop like this? Right. That doesn't make it the same thing with uh, Majestic 12. Like, that's why I I think it, I, I believe uh, in, in, that the documents for Majestic 12 are real because a, a psyop. Uh, insider psyop just doesn't make any sense for what purpose why and that's what when it comes it comes down to this could it be uh somebody with just playing a game here having fun it could be but at the same time it could be real we just don't know we just don't know and i don't know if we ever will know uh it'd be nice if if there's somebody out there in this world who has the same sort of uh knowledge on this uh, maybe a little bit more maybe uh some documentation to go along with it maybe they should step forward and start talking uh and we need some corroboration to this is there any anybody out there perhaps that has seen this that is part of some of these programs or has worked in a similar program and is aware of uh these beings and and their and their biological makeup and could corroborate this but do it in a public fashion yeah, that would help Right. It's the only way we're ever going to know. We, we, it, it seems like it could be real, but at the same time, it could be phony. We just don't know.
Uh, so, and if there's any debunker out there, right, I would just say this: if there's any debunker out there telling, "Oh, this is fake," right, then they're they're, they're just goes to show you how phony they are. Nobody nobody could say one way or the one way or the other if this is real or fake. There just there can't be. Uh, it, it'd be impossible. Uh, somebody somebody like again, like I said, somebody with a knowledge with, with a, a, a deep knowledge of genetics and biology and an interest in UFOs and aliens. Uh, could have uh, dreamed this up as as some sort of hoax for whatever reason, or maybe a number of people could be more than just one person, or it could be real. We just don't know, and I don't see how we're going to know unless the person steps forward and provides more documentation, or else somebody else steps forward and corroborates this, or else the secret control group finally says, "Okay, you finally got us. Here you go." Uh, other than that, I just don't know. Anyway, okay, uh, I want to move on now to. Um, a story with regard to uh, Ross Coltarts uh, was on another interview recently, and uh, he was talking about um, uh, a giant UFO that he's heard of. And uh, <laughs> another one, another story, which we don't know, we can't say for sure is real or not, but uh, we'll we'll uh, talk about it. Anyway, here's a story from Hows and Wise that he, uh, Vicky Verma, he's written an article on this. A journalist claims United States hides huge UFO in foreign country because they could not move it. And it says here, award-winning journalist Ross Coltart is continuously dropping truth bombs on the UAP subject. For the past few weeks, Coltart has been actively sharing the information he received from the UFO whistleblowers. Previously, he discussed the private aerospaces company's alleged efforts to get rid of UFOs in its possession. Now he claims that there is a huge UFO in the possession of the United States that could not be moved, and he knows the location of the craft. On Matt Ford's show, Coltart raises the point that private aerospace companies may have conducted retrievals of their own without government involvement, further challenging the government's authority to dictate access to intellectual property. Furthermore, Coltart reveals that individuals, particularly in Silicon Valley, are aware of the alleged technology investing in aerospace companies, including Lockheed Martin, and express dissatisfaction with the government's preferential treatment of private corporations. But on July 20, or excuse me, July 8th, 2023, Coltart revealed in an interview with Project Unity host Jay Anderson that the American public had been lied to about UFOs for 70 to 80 years, primarily due to Cold War concerns. Um, however, he acknowledged that the reasons for withholding information no longer hold up. Coltart mentioned the existence of non-human intelligence engaging with Earth for a long time in the recovery of certain objects, but he could not disclose specific details due to concerns about revealing advanced technologies. He expressed further. He expressed optimism about future developments, including a program involving international collaboration to harness these technologies for the benefit of society. And he also says he's optimistic because he knows some of the things that are coming. Uh, so he, we, we've heard this one before. We've heard that uh, he, Ross has said that uh, there's more things coming, and uh, we're just going to sit and wait for it. Um, I'm going to fast forward to this article, to this article and get to the huge UFO part. He says, in the interview, Colt Hart discussed the potential implications of the new United States Senate intelligence bill. He mentions Douglas Dean Johnson's writings about the bill, which apparently requires holders of non-Earth origin or exotic UAP material to make it available to the all-domain anomaly resolution office within six months. Uh, yeah, now that's, I talked about this on the show. Uh, there's a new bill that's uh, in the Senate right now, and if it ends up passing the Senate and then it passes the House, and then by December uh, is is voted on by the House and then passed approved by the President, it's basically the next uh, National Defense Authorization Act bill. And if it includes this language, 
uh, basically they'll have it will give it will give time for people who are who are holding on to this material to to give it up. But anyway, let's uh, continue here. It says Anderson raises a concern that this six month window could give those holding such materials enough time to hide or conceal them. Coltart acknowledges the possibility, but suggests that some of the UAP materials could be so large that they cannot be easily moved. He mentions the existence of a building constructed over such a massive object in a foreign country, which may sound preposterous to some. Ross emphasizes the need for investigation and testing of these allegations before Congress. He criticizes, criticizes the default response of skeptics who dismiss claims without proper examination. He suggests that there is a cadre of self-proclaimed experts on social media who deny the existence of UAP based on the notion that it can't be, therefore it isn't. Yeah, amen to that, Ross. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of idiots all over Twitter, all over Reddit who think they know everything. They think they think because they don't believe it that there's nothing here, so it can't be. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of people like that all over the internet. And here's what here's a direct quote from Coltart from that episode. Uh, uh, on Project Unity, he says, okay, people are going to question what I'm about to say. What if some of that blank is so big it can't be moved? They are so big they built a building over it in a country outside of the United States of America. I know that sounds preposterous, and I know, oh, my God, you can just hear them now, the bleeding debunkers. Let's see Let's see this investigated. Let's see what happens. Let's see these allegations before Congress, Coltart said. He highlights the importance of considering the implications of some of the claims, such as those made by David Grush turn out to be true. He specifically mentions the idea that certain objects might be too large to be, be moved, which Anderson finds astonishing. Coltart revealed to Anderson that he shared this information for the first time in the interview. Further, at the end of the interview, Coltart claims that he knows the exact location of this gigantic UFO. He is sure that this information will come out one day. It's really interesting. There's a direct quote from him. It's really interesting because it's absolutely gobsmacking that it's being kept as a secret. Imagine having an object that's so big, it's just not conceivable to move it. I thought it was bollocks when I heard it, too. And most people listening to this will anyway. But yeah, I mean, yeah, again, just an allegation, but one that I'm, you know, assured should be taken seriously and hopefully will be investigated by Congress. Because again, where did the money come from? What's that? Money accounted for, the continued security and control of such an object for many decades. Who's paid for that? What programs have paid for that? Has that been disclosed to taxpayers? This is going to be a really fun inquiry if Congress starts doing its uh, job. Uh, okay. Now, then there's a bunch of speculation about where this thing is buried. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to get into the speculation. Um. But he didn't say where it's buried. Um, we don't know. Uh, that's the whole thing. We don't know. We don't know where it's at. Uh, I think if you're going to talk about something like this, uh, I mean, okay, let's put it this way. Uh, if somebody, somebody's on the inside or somebody, a whistleblower, told you the location of something like this, why not just say it? I mean, you don't have to give away the whistleblower's name. Just say the location of where this flying saucer is. Because I'm sure in addition to the whistleblower who told you this, or, or the, whoever wants to rename, the person who wants to remain anonymous. I mean, in addition to that person, there has to be other people that know about that, that this thing is there. So so what if you say where the location is? Just say where the location is, right? That's what, why not? Just do it. You know, just do it. Just say the location, Ross. Give us the location, Ross. We want to know where it's at. You know, we want to know. Come on. Ross, what are you doing? Tell us where it's at. You know what I'm saying, man? Come on. Come on. Now, if somebody told me where it was, 
I wouldn't reveal their name, but I would say where it is. You know, that's what I would do. That's just me. That's how I deal with it. Somebody says, yeah, there's a giant, uh, you do know, Jim, there's a giant flying saucer, you know, buried under the, uh, uh, the Empire State Building. You didn't know that? They had to build the Empire State Building over this, this flying saucer was so big, right, that they built the Empire State Building over it. You didn't know that, Jim? No, I didn't know that. Well, I don't care. You don't tell nobody that I told you. Just keep me out of it. No problem. Then I would go tell everybody where, but I wouldn't tell them the name of the person, but I'd say, yeah, I heard there's a flying saucer underneath the Empire State Building. That's just how I would handle this. I'd say the location. Actually, he's saying it's in a foreign location. So, hey, if it's in a foreign location, come on, let's hear it. Where? I want to know. Acquiring minds want to know the location of the giant flying saucer. We'd like to know. We're sick of this cover-up, and we want to get moving. We want to get the show on the road here. So, let, come on. Let's, where's the giant flying saucer? Okay. And and besides, okay, in addition to the giant flying saucer, has where's the schedule for the upcoming Senate and House committee hearings, huh? Where's, where's that at? We want to hear more whistleblowers. Come on. We're getting sick of this. Let's come on. Let's get the show on the road here. Come on. Come on. Stop holding back. I'm sick of people holding back. Come on. Let's hear it. Come on. Oh, one other good piece of news before I leave here. I just want to point out that I did read that uh, it sounds like uh, Lou Elizondo actually might be uh, one of the people speaking uh, to Congress soon, uh, apparently at the House, possibly. That's what it sounds like. I've seen some rumblings on the Internet on Twitter. He's going to be in Washington later this month, apparently. Lou is, so uh, maybe he's going to be speaking with some people. I hope so. Maybe he'll testify in public. Wouldn't that be something? Then shut a lot of these uh, debunkers up. Right, finally. A lot of these crybabies who think they know everything. Well, that'd be great, wouldn't it? That'd be real nice. I'd like that a lot. I'm sure a lot of us would. Uh, anyway, yeah, just one more thing before I go. Russ, come on. Where is it? Where's it at? Tell us. Until next time. <laughs>